what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Inch by inch, play by play, and we're finished. This is Don't Shoot the Messenger Podcast. X about me. X about me. With professional Sutton. You already know. Chris G. My homie. And the Rucker Report. My family. What up? They for real. All straight with no chaser. Let the games begin. Let's go. Don't Shoot the Messenger Podcast. Welcome to another edition of Don't Shoot the Messenger Weekly Edition. I'm your boy, Professional Sutton, and I have a special guest today. He is a Vikings fan. My boy, Nick. How's it going, Nick? Doing well, sir. Doing well. Now, I want to say your last name, but I always mess it up. Could you please say it for me? It's very simple. It's called Ficarelli. Ficarelli. I got it. Ficarelli. Ficarelli. I got it. I I knew I had it. But I didn't but want to mess it up. You do happen to know me by a certain moniker when I used to be on air a few the years mad ago. So scientist. if you just want to, if you want to make it a lot simpler for yourself, just say it's the mad science. Well, I want to give you all the credit. I want to give you credit. If you want the mad scientist, I'm gonna call you mad scientist because you are. If you want to be called Nick Figarelli, I'm gonna call you. If you want to be called uh, the Fonz, whatever you want to be called, Nick, because you the man <laughs> today. Because you the no man. No problem. You know why? Because your Vikings. We're able to, I think, do what a lot of teams, I mean, a lot of people didn't expect them to do. Myself Kirk included. Cousins. Yes, yes, yourself included. But we're going to save that for last because we are going to be going head to head. And when I say we, I'm talking about my San Francisco 49ers and Knicks uh, Minnesota Vikings. Now, I said we because we are a part of that team. Don't you think so, Nick? Don't you think so? You know, a lot of people say you're not part of the team. Being that we're both kind of sort of super fans of the team, yes. me being a fan since like the early 80s and you since probably you were in diapers with, with the Niners. Yes, sir. You know, we we should be considered part of, part of the Viking family and the Viking team and the 49er family and team. So, you know, it's, who, you know, it's basically someone's interpretation of what someone means like our team. It is our team because when we lose, people find our Facebook, people find our numbers, and they find a way to taunt us. When we win, yeah. people find a way to congratulate us via social media now, via the or telephone. They avoid or they avoid us like the play. Exactly. So I'm going to say it's our team. You daggone right. You daggone right, Nick. It's our team. So one game, um, I want to start with the games from tomorrow. Um, I, I want to I kind of start there. Uh, give the people, you know, something to look forward to, something to think about. And then we're going to talk about the games are today. Um, I think we have some great matches. Um, I want to start out in uh, Green Bay. You got the Green Bay Packers versus the, um, I don't even want to say their names, but I'll say it because uh, I am, I'm not a fan. I am going to be a journalist, whatever, you know, I'm going to be a sports guy today, Nick. So I'm going to say the Seattle Seahawks. <coughs> Seahawks, and uh, I know it's going to be hard for you to say Green Bay Packers, so I'll say it for you. Uh, um, now, that matchup there is going to be a really interesting one. Um, I feel that with that matchup, either it could be a really close game or it can be a blowout. What are your uh, perceptions of that game? Considering the fact that there's a foot of snow on the ground, mm-hmm. it's going to be 23 degrees at game time, mm. with a wind chill of five, it's not looking good right now for the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. 
Russell Wilson in cold weather, less than 30 degrees, at Green Bay right now, he's 0-3. And he's had three of the poorest games of his career in Green Bay. Hmm. And I have to say that, you know, there was the one time where he led a comeback victory over the Packers in the playoffs a couple, a few years ago. You know, but the weather, it, it was mild in Green Bay perspective. You know, and it was a great comeback victory. But with the weather as it is, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, with the stealing nerves that he has, and Green Bay, who happens to have a very underrated defense. You know, people always talk about Seattle's defense and the right. linebackers, you know, K.J. Wright and Bobby Wagner, you know, and there's, and this is the way their secondary has been playing, which, is bit, which has been great. However, Green Bay's defense this year has been, has been thoroughly underrated. I agree. There's a reason why they're thirteen. There's a reason why they they finished the year thirteen and three. Mm-hmm. So, in my opinion, it basically it's going to be a battle of wills between Rodgers and Wilson. I personally think, you know, Marshawn Lynch. You know, they haven't got him going yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, when he does touch the ball, things do happen, but you really have to get him going downhill for him to be effective. I have a funny feeling Aaron Jones is going to have a hell of a game. Yes. I have a funny feeling Aaron Jones is, is basically going to be the key to the game on the Green Bay offense. And it's going to be close. Mm-hmm. It's going to be close. It's not going to be high scoring, though. No. no it's no. going to be 2014 Green Bay. Mm, mm. So I will have to agree with you. I think that uh, when you talk about Green Bay, I think that Green Bay is one of the most uh, underrated and probably disrespected teams this year. Um, because of the way they've been winning and because of the way they've been playing. And like you mentioned, they are 13 and three people. I think people look at them as uh, a nine and seven team and saying that, oh, they squeak by. No, they have a, they had a, you know, they have a first round bye because of the team and because of the way they uh, have been clicking. I say after they played the 49ers. And I think, like you said, I think Aaron Jones, he is very special. And I think the way that Green Bay has been able to utilize him has been so phenomenal. And what we've seen, you know, with Randall Cobb and, you know, many of other, you know, running backs and slots, whatever they call them in Green Bay. And like you said, that defense right there, you know, they don't wow you with the names, but they get the job done. They really get the job done. And I think in order for Green uh, Bay to be successful, you have to get the two AA rounds on the move. You have to let them get the ball, and you have to make sure they have it often. And on Seattle's side, you really have to make sure that Russell Wilson is comfortable. You know, one man who I feel could really emerge in this game is uh, DK Metcalf. I think that having him uh, on the team and really having that big body and understanding how to use that, that is going to be a factor. Now, I will say this, even though I agree with you, I have the Seahawks coming out. I have the Seahawks coming out by, again, it's tight score, 17 to 14. That's where I have it right now. That's where I have it. Okay. But I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. You know, as a Niners fan, I don't like to play Seattle. It gets ugly. I mean, but 17-14 is my prediction. Uh, moving on to the Texans and the Chiefs, man. Oh, man. That showdown is one I've been wanting to see for a while. Uh, you have Patrick Mahomes, who was just like, okay, yes, I know, you know, Lamar Jackson has been phenomenal, 
But let's not forget who was the reigning MVP here. Let's not forget, you know, who took, you know, New England toe-to-toe. But again, it's going to be tough. And, you know, you're a smart man, Nick. I want to hear your perspective before I give my whole perspective. This game is going to be high scoring. It's going to be pinball wizard. It's mm. going to be, you know, you can't like turn your head for more than five seconds because <laughs> something will happen. Now, here's something that people have to understand. They played earlier in the year, and I believe the Texans won 31-24, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Now, remember, Patrick Mahomes got hurt that game. was hobbling half the time. Tyreek Hill, five catches for 80 yards and two touchdowns on 20 plays because mm-hmm. they were easing him back from injury. They didn't have any of their three running backs. Mm-hmm. They were all hurt. Mm-hmm. You now have a healthy, healthy Mahomes, mm-hmm. a healthy Hill, a healthy running back. Good Lord, I feel so bad for that, for, 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 for that Texan defense right now. Mm. I really do. Now, Deshaun Watson, he's a special player. And you got DeAndre Hopkins, who happens to be one of the top three wide receivers in the game today. Agree, agree. The problem is that Texans, I do not have any faith in the Texans' defense. I don't. I don't have any faith in that Texans defense. Now, I do have a question for you, Nick. Uh, you know, the I don't know, man. But there's one underlying factor. What's that? That bothers me about picking the Chiefs. Andy effing Reed. I knew, listen, I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that about Santa Claus himself, man. How did I know you were going to say that, man? Oh my god! I have to be honest with you. We've That's true. Seen this time and time again, great teams that underperform or choke away a playoff game. I really want to pick the Chiefs. I do. I want to pick the Chiefs. Their talent speaks for itself. But there's that sick pit feeling in your <laughs> stomach that something will go wrong for them whether it be bad play calling, whether it be mistakes on the on the sideline, whether it be mistakes on the field, you know there's that feeling of dread when you're a Kansas City Chief fan these last few years. But, I want to bite the bullet, but I can't. But hold on, Nick. But I have a question for you. Now, I was about to ask the opposite about the Texans. The Texans, they do this every year as well. They perform the first seven games oh my god they look super bowl bound they look unstoppable and unbeatable and then that train that is driven by bill o'brien i know i mean i know now i you love Andy gotta, Reed. It, it, it's a it's it's a clash of which coach doesn't choke away a right. game with their game plan and or after, adjustments but after seeing what i saw in buffalo I want to say, you know, the Texans look good. You know, they came back from a 16 to nothing deficit. It's Buffalo. Exactly. Let's be honest. And, and that's Buffalo. what I'm saying. And that's what yeah. I'm saying. So I don't have a lot of faith in the Texans either. So I just wanted to make that a point. But you, but you, but you said it so perfectly. It's who is not going to choke in this game? Or who's going to choke less? I think, you know, in the NFL, it's usually that mantra if a team's if two teams are really good, you say, 
whoever gets the ball last. But in this situation, who would choke less? And who do you have in choking less, Nick? The game, the games in Kansas City, one of the toughest venues to play in. Yes. But we've seen it time and again. Visiting teams going to Kansas City and stealing a victory from the mm. jaws of the for stealing a victory. I, I, you know, I, this is the game that has given me given me more angst <laughs> in picking than any of the other games. You have because me. I have no idea. Right. You know what? I'm gonna go. What do you call? It? If you had to hold the gun to my head right now, wait. I'll say, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. I don't. I don't. I don't want you to pick it because I'm about to make it very suspenseful. Okay. Because now, like you said, with the Chiefs, here is I'm I'm going to give you two crazy facts, right? And I want you to hold your pick because now you got me nervous, Nick. Why are you doing it to me, man? One, remember when the late great Derek Thomas uh, broke the single uh, game sack record, right? Yes, and then we remember he missed the sack on David Craig. He threw the 32-yard touchdown pass to Paul Scancy, and the Seattle Seahawks, uh, you know, came out with a victory. Boom. Yes, I remember that game very well. And then you remember a great coach who no one really talks about. Again, he's another one like Andy Reid who just, I don't know what happens. He just can't get it done. Marty Schottenheimer. Yeah, no, Schottenheimer, no matter where he went, whether it was Cleveland, whether it was San Diego, or whether it was Kansas City, had these amazing teams and couldn't even get to the AFC Championship game, let alone, you know, let alone out of the, sometimes out of the divisional playoffs. Is it like, so, so I just wanted to throw that in there as you're saying, I'm looking like, well, Nick, you got me nervous. You got me nervous. Well, you should be because <laughs> I'm taking Kansas City to win this game. Ooh, there we go. I'm taking Kansas City to win. Yes. But I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm not. It's the one game I'm not confident about. Okay. I'm picking Kansas City, but it's not a confident pick at all. And what's your final score? 34-27. Mm, I like that. I, I, I like that a lot. And, and like you, again, <clears throat> just know Andy Reid, but I like Andy Reid. I, I, don't, I don't know him. But he just seemed like he's just a great guy, and he knows his stuff, man. He, he he's a great coach. He very, he's not a playoff coach. <sighs> I know. Look I know. at his career. I know. Look at his career outside of the one. What do you call? He took Philadelphia four straight years to the NFC Championship game, only made the Super Bowl once. once I know. And lost, what do you call? It? Lost on a last second. Lost on a last second field goal. You look what he's done with Kansas City. He's taken him to the playoffs practically every year. He can't get out of the AFC divisional but, round. Uh, you know, uh, so yeah. Well, like you, I have Kansas City. I, th- I think that they're just going to make uh, far less mistakes and choke a little less than the Titans. I mean, I'm sorry, than the, than the Texans. I have that score: Chiefs twenty-four, Texans twenty. That's where I have okay. it right now. So yeah, yeah. Um, now moving on uh, to. Today's games, uh, I want to go out in Baltimore. Now, this game, it, you know... Um, I love this. This, this. this is the game that I love. Me too. Me and too. I'll tell you why. It's Lamar Jackson versus Derrick Henry. I'm going to call it right now. Ryan Tannehill is only going to throw the ball 15 to 20 times this game. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Derrick Henry is going to be fed and fed heavy. He better be. Now, Baltimore has a really good defense. They do. I mean, 
Another team that their defense really gets, doesn't get talked about because when you have Lamar Jackson on your team, I mean, Lamar Jackson and, and Mark Ingram, you know, you got two guys that can run the ball left, right, front, center, and their passing game is freaking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But that defense, there's, an, there's another reason why they're 14-2. and two. Their defense goes in with their once pails, does their job, and goes away. But they don't have, what do you call it? When you have a 245-pound mm-hmm. bruiser, Ready to run downhill on your behinds. Yes. You know, and and here's another thing people seem to forget. Henry's backup used to be a starter. Name is escaping me right now. Don't be surprised if they run the ball at least 50, 5 0, 50 times. Mm. And they try to keep Lamar Jackson off the field. This is the type of game where you know you know there's not going to be a lot of balls for a throne. This is going to be old-style smash-mouth football from the, from the Titans. On the other side, you, you know, the only way you beat the Ravens, you shut down Lamar Jackson. You shut down his running game. You shut down his passing. You basically shut him down mm-hmm. or contain him to the point where he doesn't burn you time and time again. <laughs> Will it happen? No, it's not. You, you can only do so much. John Harbaugh is a very, very bright coach. There's a reason why he's been around all these years. There's a reason why he's a Super Bowl champion. And there's a reason why he may, he puts a game plan out there that, su- that succeeds. Now, everybody's saying, oh, Greg Roman, you know, he's a good offensive coordinator, but he's another one that folds up shot during the playoffs and stuff like that. Remember, Greg Roman never had anybody, if I'm mistaken, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Greg Roman has had anybody as dynamic as Lamar Jackson. Mm. I would so, agree with you. In the end, I just think it's going to be too much Lamar Jackson or as much as I love Derrick Henry, you know, from his days at Alabama. I just feel Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, you know, all the other weapons that they have, it's going to be Baltimore. It's going to be 2717. Mm. Henry's going to get his. He is. He's going to get his. I just feel that they don't have enough outside of Derrick Henry to keep up with Lamar Jackson and his squad. Mm, 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 mm. Um, that running back that you were talking about, Deion Lewis uh, from the Titans. Thank you. Yes, Thank Deion you. I, I, I just couldn't remember the name. And he, him coming from the Patriots, you know. Yes. He was never healthy with the Patriots. Nope. He was never. He hasn't been healthy with the Titans either. It opened the door for Derrick Henry to be a starter, but you know you have a two-headed monster that you can literally feed the ball. And you know, Woody, everybody was like last week, Tannehill only threw for seventy-two yards. You didn't need him to to win the game. Nope. You didn't need him to win the game. They did exactly what they did to bring home, you know, to bring to to bring home a victory. They I, smashed the Patriots to no end. The Patriots had no answer for the running. No, they didn't. No, they did not. And when you're talking about a team that is on a mission, it it has to be the Titans. And again, as much as I hate to give credit to Ryan Tannehill, he is just happening to uh, be on a victorious team who just found a way to click when they did. You know? Um, but I think the one thing 
uh, that uh, Rabel's doing, he understanding his team and personnel, like you said, with John Harbaugh. If I have something that's going to work, I'm going to make sure I continue to use it. And that's what he's doing with Derrick Henry. And I love it because, you know, we're from the old school, uh, you know, where the running backs was king, you know. So you see someone and we always wanted to see a huge running back. You know, when you, you know, when you play video games, you create the biggest running back, tallest. And that happens to be Derrick Henry. He is LeBron James in pads, if you're talking about size wise. But on the other end. I think that people are really not giving the Titans defense enough credit as well. I think that that Titans defense has really risen to the occasion and is another reason why they're successful and is another reason why they are in the playoffs. And in order for them to be successful, like you said, you have to stop Lamar Jackson. Well, you, we're also forgetting one. We're, we are also forgetting one other mitigating factor. What's that? The head coach of the Tennessee Titans, Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel, yes. yes. Coming from the tree, from the Belichick tree. Right. So you know, you know, you know, former Super Bowl champion himself. So you know, he will plot together a game plan that can slow down Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. I just feel though, there's just too much talent there to slow them down completely. And if I'm wrong, hey, great. You know, <laughs> what do you call? I go. What do you call? It, you know, it's the NFL playoffs. Anything can happen. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just feel that the Ravens just have too much talent. You know, and you know, Lamar Jackson being the X factor that he is, it's just you know, he he's a special football player. Well, he you, really is. You know, so when you say talent, uh, too much talent, I think that they just have too much of an X factor that is able to suck teams in and do what they will. Because if you look at it outside of Mark, uh, outside of uh, Mark Ingram and Lamar Jackson, I mean, they really don't have a lot. They just have guys who just know how to get open because again, they've been playing so well. But like you said, if you take away that running game, we're going to have to see how good Lamar is in passing. And I feel that the text that the, uh, that the Titans, stand a chance but again i just think that lamar jackson he is just so dynamic just so dynamic man and and then also the resurgence of again i don't know what it is it's, it just seems like alabama said hey we will we will trade you our season if you let our running backs be good in the nfl because between mark ingram averaging five yards a carry and derrick henry it's like okay where's trent richardson at in this I'm just saying, man. I'm 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 just I'm just waiting for him to pop out. Here's a stat that people have to keep in mind though. It's not changing my pick, but here's a stat no. that people have to keep in mind. The Titans and the Ravens have met each other three times in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. All three times, the away team has won. Oh, see? That's why you're the not mad scientist, man. But that's not why you're the mad pick. scientist though, Nick. Oh, but you know what? Not but my pick, but that's out there for people to to to, to people to see. But oh, that's, the Titans won in Baltimore. It's yeah, happened before. But that's going to make a lot of people listening change their pick, though. That's why you're the mad scientist, because you know how to make people change. Listen, man, magic. I'm yeah, about to call I you Nick Magic. You know, I, predicate, I predicated it by saying it's not changing my pick. Right. <laughs> but that, there is history. There is history and precedent of the away team going into, going into the opposition's field 
and walking away with a victory. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, this is back in the day of when you had Eddie George on one side and Ray Lewis on the other side. <laughs> so, and Steve McNair and all these other greats. So, what do you call this? Is when back in the day when when Smash Mouth was completely king. Oh yes, it was. It's two set, you know. So, again, this is the game that like really interests me the most. I agree. Out of all the weekend, well, of course, about. Except for the game yes, that we're right, yes. about now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I also like you. I have the Ravens uh, winning. I have it at uh, twenty eight to fourteen. Twenty eight to fourteen. Okay. Um. Now, drum roll, which we all have been waiting for, the Niners and the Vikings. Now, I want to say this. Okay, I would like to say this, Nick. As I'm watching a game, uh, shouts out to. Um, other Facebook group, our house, we got together and we're watching the game. And I'm really watching the Vikings put on a really, really good show. I said, the Vikings are going to win this. And people were like, what? They got, you know, Kirk Cousins. I said, listen, you got to understand. Diggs is getting triple teamed. And Thielen is saying, give me the ball. And Rudolph is saying, okay, I will play. I will play. And that's what you saw. The last play before it ended when Thielen caught that pass, I looked at the guys to my right. I said, you know that that the Vikings are going to win. They said, no, they're not. I said, listen, the Vikings have Thielen, and he has been hot. And I said, the Saints' secondary is trash. It's trash. You do know and what happened. on that pass play. Lattimore was pulled from the game for you know for that for the, for, for that play because of the personnel. Uh-huh. They went after the backup safety. They caught the backup safety. Mm. Now, don't get me wrong. I, you know, I'm trying. You know, I'm going to stay journalistic. But as a Viking fan, I was cursing that Thielen tripped over his own two feet at the three yard line <laughs> when he could have easily went into the end zone because there was nobody. There was nobody behind him. Right, right. He could right. easily went went into the end zone. And to all the Saints fans that are crying about passing, offensive pass interference. Right, yeah, come on. You take a look at the play even further. If you take a look at the play, your boy was holding Kyle Rudolph, and that's when Rudolph tried to push off, and that's when Al Riveron, who happens to be the director of officiating, not the sharpest tool in the shed, I'll just say it right now, I think he's personally been one of the worst ones that ever, like, strapped on the uh, the headset. Mm-hmm. But he pretty much said, he was like, there was nothing there for us to overturn that play, both players were jostling for position mm-hmm. so good on them so boohoo for the saints <laughs> but what do you call uh, you know it is what it is i agree and what do you call that pass that cousins through the feeling pretty much you saw it on my facebook feed i went kirk cousins you damn dumb did it you finally earned that 84 yes, million dollar contract yes he did because yes, when we won the toss and we got the ball, the first thing I was thinking was like, well, Zimmer's going to go three and out and take the field goal and put the onus on his defense because he's a defensive coach. But Stefanoski made a, made a great play call. Cousins dropped a dime through that beautiful touchdown pass and earned his $84 million. Mm-hmm. Now we come to this week. Yeah. And the correlation of a former playoff year has not been absent from my mind. People, I'm going to give a little bit of a history lesson right now. This is why, you know, this is why they call me the Mad Scientist. 1987 strike shortened season, the Vikings were the sixth seed going into the playoffs. 
And the first round, we played the Saints, who finished 12-3 and that year as a wild card. And we played a wild card game in New Orleans. We walked into the Saints. The Vikings walked into the Superdome, smacked the Saints up and down the field, and won 44-10. to Fast forward to the divisional playoffs. We played the San Francisco 49ers, the number one ranked San Francisco 49ers. They finished 13-2 and that year. We beat the San Francisco 49ers 36 to 24. We go to the NFC Championship game, and as God is my witness, you will never like get this imprint out of my head. Darren Nelson dropping the ball in the end zone on fourth and goal, in which if he would have caught that ball, would have been a tie game, and we would have went to overtime to play the, the to play for the Super Bowl. Mm. So there's your little history lesson about a little bit of a correlation of what's going on. Now, fast forward to here we are in 2020, and we got the Vikings traveling to San Francisco to play the 49ers, 13-3, and number one seed. Jimmy Garoppolo this time is the, is the quarterback, not Steve Young slash Joe Montana. Jerry Rice is not on the field. John Taylor is not on the field. Bernie Lott's not on the field. All these, you know, this amazing squad that they had in 1987, it's a different squad. But... But that defense that you guys, that the 49ers have, is absolutely insane. And this week, my worst nightmare has come true is Quack Alexander was taken off injured reserve for this particular game. Mm-hmm. I you trust me, when I saw that, my head dropped and I was like, Ugh, if it wasn't tough enough. <laughs> now, here's another fact that I want to bring out the Vikings are hurting really bad in the defensive secondary. There is no Mackenzie Alexander. There is no Mike Hughes. They had to bring Nate Meadows off the practice squad. They actually worked out assistant coach Terrence Newman, 41 years old this week. I just seen that. I was like, good Lord, this is not good. This is not good at all. Debo Samuel and George Kittle right now are chomping at the bit. They really are. But if there's one saving grace that the Minnesota Vikings have is that this is Jimmy Garoppolo's first ever playoff game. Mm. Look at all the great quarterbacks that have played in their first playoff game. Not that good. Mm. Not that good. I am not a fan of the San Francisco running game. I'm not. (laughs) <laughs> and here's another thing I'm going to teach the people out there and uh, don't shoot the messenger land. First nine games of the season, look at what the San Francisco defense did. They were, you couldn't do anything on them. Run, pass, it didn't matter. Look at the last seven games. Averaging 25 points a game. Giving up almost th- over 300 yards passing. 120 yards rushing. <sighs> Cracks. Cracks. And let's not forget the San Francisco defense is a little bit banged up. Yes, you're getting back Quack Alexander. Still might not have D Ford. Still might not have, what do you call it? They put one of their defensive interior linemen on the injured reserve this week. Mm-hmm. Their defense is slightly banged up. Now, granted, you still got Richard Shirt. You still got a secondary that is barring on one of the best secondaries in the NFL right now, led by the ageless Richard Sherman. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to give you two names. Two names, not one, but two. 
Dalvin Cook, <laughs> Alexander Madison, <laughs> the Dalvin Cook clone, I like to call him. Mm. Let me tell you something. When Dalvin Cook was healthy, the Vikings are 11-4 and four and average almost 150 yards rushing a game. We all know Mike Zimmer loves to run the ball. Kirk Cousins, for a great year that he had, everybody, you know, gets nervous. And trust me, I'm still nervous, you know, when the game is put into his hands. Last week, he earned that $84 million contract. It's a different animal now this week. You're going against the best team on paper in the NFC. It's going to be a game that I'm probably going to be chewing my fingernails down to the nuts. <laughs> All I have to say is this. What Kirk, which Kirk Cousins shows up this week? The guy that played that overtime against the, uh, against the uh, Saints? Or the guy that every time when the game is on the line makes the most ill-opportune pass play or fumbles the ball or, or, or does something stupid that makes you want to bang your head against the wall a hundred times? Mm. That's the question I have. Mm. Now, I'm a realist. Everybody, you're a Viking fan. Well, you're not a real Viking fan. Trust me. I've been a Viking fan since 1984, people. Trust me. The Vikings, 36 freaking years tell I've them, been a Viking fan. Tell them. That's not I've something that you hell. pick. I've been through hell and back a hundred times over on this team. I can tell you about 1988. I can tell you about 1998. I can tell you about 2001. I can tell you about 2009. I can tell you, hell, I could go back and say, yeah, we're 0-4 in the Super Bowl. Doesn't mean I'm ever going to change my colors. But as a realist, the writing is on the wall. There's too much hurt in the secondary for the Vikings right now. And there's not, what do you call it, feeling Got that gash on his ankle. They say he can play, but how bad is that gash? Nobody's saying anything. Diggs is banged up. You know, Cook, you have to worry. That one bad hit's going to jar that shoulder loose again. Madison, with his, with his ankle, is just so, what do you call it? And that offensive line scares the ever-living hell out of me. Mm. Mm. I got to be honest. I'm... I'm clearing my throat as I say this. I'm picking the 49ers. I'm keeping my journalistic hat on. I think the 49ers just have that much more. It was, what do you call, I, I hope I'm proven wrong again. But as a, as a fan, I will always cheer on my Vikings. But as a realist and a, as a journalist in this, in this aspect, I have to pick the 49ers. I have to. No, I have to. What do you call? That doesn't mean a couple of weeks ago I picked, uh, what do you call, Clemson to beat Ohio State. But, oh, hi, Chris. <laughs> hi, Chris. Hi. Don't think I haven't forgotten about you. <laughs> I hope to talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Anyway, but it, back, back, back to this. Back to this. <laughs> as much as I love my team, there's just so much out there right now that just doesn't jive well you can't go into you know this very well you cannot go into a playoff game limping with injuries mm -hmm. that depth is just not there 
And let's put another thing out there. You know, I'm rambling right now, but this is how much I've been thinking about this game. Let's put another thing out there. Xavier Rhodes, I don't know what's happened these last two years, but this guy used to be a world-beater all-pro cornerback. He's playing worse than a third stringer right now. <sighs> He's playing like into the Rhodes, I tell you that, man. Whew. Yeah, no, it's it's true. What do you call it? The best wide receiver goes against the best cornerback lately. The best wide receiver torches our best cornerback. I remember there was a game where they showed a stat. Xavier Rhodes was throwing that seven times, seven receptions, 137 yards, and two touchdowns. Jesus, who was that against? And yet, I, I don't remember off the top of my head. But what do you call it? But he's like, oh, it's the coverage. You know, I'm supposed to have help from the safety. No, you freaking idiot. <laughs> You're the cornerback. You're the lockdown guy. You haven't locked down anybody in two years. <laughs> no, I'm serious. It's sad to say. Yeah, I know. I wouldn't I know. be surprised, and you can mark this down right now. I wouldn't be surprised during this offseason he gets cut. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I was surprised he didn't get cut after the last game, but, you know. Uh, man, 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 man. Yeah. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> you feel all right, Nick? Do you want to ask for him? <laughs> nah, I'm good. No, nah, seriously, I'm good. At 4.30 p.m., I'm going to plop myself in front of the TV, and I'm going to watch the game on NBC. I'm going to listen to Al Michaels and oh, Chris Collinsworth. Yes. And, uh, you know, and, you know, and root my team on. But in the journalistic aspect of things, I have to keep it real. Mm -hmm. You uh -huh. know, people will be like, oh, you're not a real Viking fan. You don't know me. First of all, you, you know, Vikings fan, if you're a Vikings fan, that means that you're dedicated because they aren't the prettiest of picks. But you just have to be special because they just are. You know, Vikings fans, you know, people think of Randy Moss, but like I said, you're thinking of like the 80s Vikings, you know, the 70s, the 90s. Like you're thinking of that team. And... <clears throat> And even though I'm a Niners fan, this is not a game that I am taking lightly because, like you just said, I don't think anyone on our team has been to the playoffs besides Richard Sherman. Um, probably a few, but I can't think. I'm talking about collectively well, as a D4, team. If D4 does play today, D4 right. has been to the playoffs with the Chiefs. But you saw what happened. Yes, I know. I get it. <laughs> no, I get it. But still, he has playoff experience. That's Richard true. Sherman is a Super Bowl champion. But again... D Ford has been hurt for a bit, you know, so he has to get, you know, acclimated. So he's going to be getting in, coming out. So he's not going to be in the whole game if he's if he's in the game. So those are factors. So one of the things that I, you know, like, you know, like you discussed and I will agree with you is that, you know, this is Jimmy G first time playing in playoffs. And honestly, we played better on the road than we play at home because we lost two games at home and one on the road to Baltimore. But. Even with all that being said, I like history too. I like that Viking teams from let's just say 1998, and I think that the before the greatest show on turf, it definitely was the Vikings because man, you guys put up some numbers, but just couldn't get it done. And like Kansas City, like Andy Reid, I don't know. It's just something about the Vikings. It's just like once they get there, it's just like okay, we did our job. But that was here nor there, even in 2009 when you guys were playing against the Saints who, you know, they said cheated you guys in some aspect. And Brett Favre, after that game, I took my hat off to him because he played a hell of a game. You guys played a hell of a game. The Saints just had a little. He played a hell of a game. He played a hell of a game. 
he cost us the victory. He could have kicked a 50-yard field goal. There was no reason to roll out and throw across your body, and Tracy Porter made the interception. Yeah, yeah. But again, it's just that it's just that mystique. Now, going into this game, I'm watching my Niners, and like you said, we played a lot better in the first half of the season. And I think like most teams, you come out hot, you just you just you just give it your all, and then injury bugs. Father time and injury bugs, they just get you. If we can have Quan Alexander back, if we can have D Ford and Tart back, I think that would be great. Not only having them back, but we gotta take out Witherspoon. I'm sorry. Take him out, please. Put Mosey back there. Because what you saw, oh my gosh. Witherspoon is a liability to say the least. To say the least. But even with that being said, I think that our strength is playing guys like Kirk Cousins, who don't like to run, who's not a scrambler. If you look at a lot of teams where it was close, it was two, you know, or where we lost, it was two scrambling quarterbacks. So I think that we can put enough pressure on Kirk Cousins. So he's not comfortable to get the board of Thielen, to get the board of Diggs, to, to, to get the board of Rudolph. But also, you like see you see what said, his numbers are when he's under pressure. They're horrible. Right. They're horrible. But there, also, there's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You put pressure on Cousins, he's going to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you could say that you could say that about any quarterback right. in the NFL, but specifically, there are certain quarterbacks where they don't thrive at all under pressure. Okay. Yeah, true. True. And that's why it's going to be really important because, again, another factor is you got Dalvin Cook, like you said, that speedy back out of the backfield. I don't think we have seen a back. Last back we've seen like that was what Christian McCaffrey. And again, you know, um, he wasn't getting off like he wanted to, but it was still that factor. It was still that factor. And again, like you said, we're talking playoffs and people are playing bigger. People are playing faster. But also, also, I will be remiss if I don't mention it, that front line of the Vikings, that front line of the Minnesota Vikings, my goodness, I was looking at a stat, and you guys are, I mean, what, top five in defense? You know, it comes to sacks, pressures, that's saying yeah, something. Yeah, we're tied with the- we're tied with the Niners. That's saying, and again, that means a lot because, again, as you know, Jimmy G doesn't mind taking a sack, and he's giving up a lot of sacks. And I'll take a sack I mean, over in a second. When you have Everson Griffin on one side and one ball Joseph on the other Ooh, side, I mean. That's ugly. You know, it's, what do you call it? It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's nice to have. But again, if you can't get pressure on the quarterback, if the 49ers offensive line does their job, you know, it could be easy pickings this week because mm-hmm. I, that secondary outside of Harrison Smith, you know, that secondary scares the living hell out of me. I mean, last week we got lucky, you know, because we had Sendejo playing cornerback. He's a safety. Mm-hmm. He's not a cornerback. He was like our emergency, what do you call it? Don't be surprised if Sendejo plays cornerback again this week on top of whoever else they can throw out there that has a fucking live body. I'm sorry. <laughs> My fault. Nah, but you got to understand. This is just me, what do you call it? My apologies for the language, ladies and No, 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 no. This, no. this is, is don't happens. shoot the fucking this message. This is what happens. 
this is what happens when you get this is what happens when you get a little bit heated about certain things and injuries this week are just like been you know every every other day it's like I see the I see the sheets come out it's like oh another knock oh another guy not playing oh we just signed Nate Meadows off the practice squad because we need a body okay oh look at that we tra- a forty one year old who's been retired for a couple of years, years and has been an assistant coach was worked out because they may need to suit him up oh for the love of peace. <laughs> Anyway, but, I have to get going. I'm I, sorry, I, but I really do need to get going. Okay, Thank no. you for allowing me this opportunity to talk to you about yes, the, end of the divisional playoffs this week. And wait, could you give your you score? Good, you have to give your score for the 49ers and Vikings game. Oh, 49ers, 20, 26, Vikings, 19. It's okay. going to be one of those games. Yes. There's going to be a lot of field goals. Yes, I'll tell I you agree. that right now. I agree. It's going to be a lot of field goals. There'll be one touch, one touchdown for the Vikings, two touchdowns for the 49ers. Everything else is going to be a field goal. Mm. And I will say this. One of those touchdowns will be a defensive touchdown. Which team? I don't know, but I can see one touchdown being a defensive touchdown this week. Good. No, I, I agree. I and agree. I, what do you call? But I really got to get going. Thank you for Thank allowing you, me this time. And what do you call? Hope you guys do a live show tomorrow because, hi, Chris, <laughs> I will be calling. <laughs> well, Nick, I appreciate you, buddy. Thanks so much. Tell your wife, thank you for letting me uh, have you for this uh, hours, almost hour or so. Appreciate it, bud. And you get no going. Take, Take care. Easy. That was Nick Ficarelli joining me on this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful day in Connecticut. Yes, it's actually a nice day, man. I had a great day. Got the parking close. Um, it was just good. No issues at all, man. I, you know, so hopefully my Niners can, you know, come and get the win and I'll feel even, even better. But again, thank you. And if you want to listen to us, you can check us out on Facebook. That's Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast. You can catch us on Twitter, RealDSTM1, and also on Instagram, RealDSTM. And this podcast, even though it's coming to an end, I just want to thank everybody for always tuning in. And thank you for, you know, giving us your time, giving us your attention. And it is going to be a phenomenal day in football. So here are your picks. We gave you your picks. And um, enjoy. Give that like. And give that thumbs up, subscribe to our podcast, to whichever podcast media stream you use. Thank you so much. Take care. Hi. Always wanted to start a podcast, but didn't know how. Well, guess what? Here at Anchor, you can start your podcast. No matter what you want to talk about, Anchor gives you that flexibility. You can start your mystery podcast your horror podcast, your sports podcast. I don't know. Maybe even create a news podcast. It doesn't matter. At Anchor, you have the freedom and flexibility to do what it is that you like. And it's easy. Only thing you have to do, record the audio, put it on Anchor, and voila. Simple as that. It is done. You have created your first podcast. Once your podcast is complete, you can share it to other platforms now how easy is that start your podcast today no not now but right now get on anchor and i promise you you will love it welcome to another edition of don't shoot the messenger podcast and if this is your first time tuning in we want to thank you as well on behalf of myself professional sutton chris g 
the Ruck Report and Shannon Person, we want to thank you for taking the time out to give us a listen. And if you would like to follow us on our social media platforms, you can do that as well. Facebook, Don't Shoot the Messenger Podcast, Instagram, Real DSTM, and on Twitter, Real DSTM1. We are a sports-based entertainment podcast. Yes, we talk more than sports sometimes, but our goal is sports. We love what we do, unfiltered, and we know you will enjoy it too. So please enjoy.